Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live in the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We are a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the crew to you for today. We have Sergeant Joe Rollerson, and we have Officer Andrea Casals. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, Gauls. We have GlobalOrdinance.com, Gunlearn.com, MyMedicare.Live. We're fueled by Bang Energy. As a matter of fact, yes, I'm drinking the peach mango. Yeah, last time I was at Andrea's, I stole this out of her refrigerator. It was her very last can of peach mango. I apologize, Andrea. It has made a reappearance, but now it's on my desk. So, uh, so look, thanks, Bang, for the fuel. Appreciate it. Uh, also, a shout-out to Brian Burns for the free press for carrying our content. And huge shout-out, Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media. You know, we're streaming the eight locations right now. And no, none of those belong to YouTube. But three of those do belong to Red Voice Media. And those three Facebook pages have about a million followers alone. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. It's Thin Blue Liners. We support police and Thin Blue Line Show are the names of those Facebook pages. So thanks, Ray. Uh, hey, good lineup for you. Uh, for everybody listening to the show, we got streamers that are already engaging You know, on the show. Uh, this is Butter, which has, I believe, the best law enforcement video channel out there at rumble.com. Uh, this is Butter is actually conversing with us on the stream as well. Usually, you know, watches our live streams as well. So, you know, we like to start off with the main topic. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. Uh, LawOfficer.com has an interesting article that appeared that showed up yesterday. California Dems, of course, that stands for Democrats, trying to require judges to consider race when sentencing convicted criminals to prison. Yeah, you heard that right. And yeah, it's going to get better. Listen to this. So we're in Sacramento. So I automatically have to have a disclaimer for any any uh, any jurisdiction in San Francisco or I'm sorry, any jurisdiction in California, including San Francisco, that we talk about because, of course, they're so whacked in how they think. So a Democratic-backed bill working its way through the California legislature would require judges in throughout the whole state to essentially apply preferential treatment as they are told to consider a convicted criminal's, ra- cr- criminal's race when determining the length of sentence to be imposed. So in a low-key manner, the Democratic chair of the California Assembly's Public Safety Committee is Assemblymember Reggie Jones-Sawyer, Remember, I always say bad guys have three names, right? But this is an assembly member, so I wouldn't want to imply that, even though he's in California. But he's introducing Bill 852 in February. And the assembly passed the little-known legislation back in May. So now the proposed measure is being considered in the state Senate, and this is reported by Fox News. So the bill would add a section to the California Penal Code requiring judges, requiring them, not just suggesting it, requiring them that whenever they have the discretion to impose a prison sentence to rectify the alleged racial bias in the criminal justice system. And so, in other words, to kind of make amends to the proposed new section to the penal code reads, quote, it is the intent of the legislature to rectify the racial bias that has historically permeated our criminal justice system as documented by the California task force to study and develop reparation proposals for African-Americans. Ah, now the light bulb goes off. Whenever the court has discretion to determine the appropriate sentence according to relevant statutes and the sentencing rules of the judicial council, the court presiding over a criminal matter shall, doesn't say should, but shall consider the dis- desperate uh, or disparate uh, impact on historically deep, uh, disenfranchised and system impacted populations. Wow, they're really throwing this on thick. As one political pundit said, the state wants to require judges to give preferential treatment to criminals who were never enslaved. After these same people victimized people who never held slaves in a state that never allowed slavery. 
Oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense right along with the reparations. Uh, that's what we have. Guys, can't wait for you guys to uh, to weigh in. I know you're fighting over the microphones right now to see who's going to go first. Joe, I think you made a slight lead over Andrea, so we'll let you start it off. Well, I'll let ladies go first. Wow. Oh, wow. Chivalry exists. Okay. So uh, real quick, this is, this is a joke. I thought it was, you know, especially with all the stuff coming out with the universities and everything. I just think that this, it's not going to, it's not going to fly. I just, my, my big thing is, is, I mean, come on, why we, you know, we want everybody to be treated equally. We fight for equality. You know, we do that. And now we want to pull something like this. This is a joke. You know, nobody should get preferential treatment. This should be a decision based on the circumstances and that's it. I don't understand why we're trying to throw race and sex and anything like that into some of these this decision making. It's it's just it's absurd. When I read that article, I was like, is this a joke? Like, is this for real? But then again, it's California. Now, now, Andrea, and I know Sergeant Joe's waiting to go, but Andrea, give yourself add a little credibility to your statements to our audience that doesn't know your your uh, your 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 background. You know, your ethnic background. Yeah, my father's a Cuban immigrant. You know, we were raised, I was raised first generation here, you know, in the United States. I just, I don't understand. We were brought up that we don't see race. You know, you see people for people and that's it. So I don't understand the whole separating, you know, on applications. It was always, you know, oh, well, you need to make sure that you put that you're a minority, both female and, you know, your race, which that doesn't make me any better than anybody else. You know, again, we need to all start from an even playing field. And I've always fought for that. I said, I fought for that when I got hired with the police department. If I'm not, you know, if I'm not qualified, then I'm sorry, I'm not qualified. I should better myself to want to be qualified. And everybody should want to do that. That should be something that we should all work on every day to try and better ourselves. But that's, again, that's my opinion. I don't, I don't sit there and, you know, I don't try to pump up my race or my, the fact that I'm a female and I should get a job over you being white or somebody else being black. I don't think that that should happen. All right. Well, thanks. Okay. Hollywood Joe, the floor is yours. Well, um, when I read the article, I was like, Andrea, I, I was like, really? But then I, you know, it's California. Um, <laughs> I thought that the lady of justice that held the scales in her hand, doesn't she have a blindfold on her face? I mean, ah, good point. I mean, dude, let's look at this. I mean, we're going to take the blindfold off of her only when there is certain people in the courtroom and we can be a little more prejudiced or non-prejudiced against these individuals. Um, but uh, again, it's California. Um, where do they draw the line far as the sentencing guidelines go is it just for misdemeanors or is it for felonies? Because what if you get a guy in there that's committed some really, really bad crimes, but they're going to sentence him to, you know, I mean, they've already almost done away with bail now in California. So now they're going to just not put anybody in jail. But uh, again, yeah, like I said, it's California. Who's electing these officials? And the people are fleeing California to get away from all this nonsense. Um, they, their elected officials need to realize they're losing their tax base. They're losing everything, but they're, all they're going to have is a, a state full of criminals. But they're still elected them. Blows my mind. I know. I, I have. Well, they're, they're letting the criminals vote as well there, too, I believe. Uh, but like Ann, Andrea said, uh, I couldn't even believe that this was something that was even coming before the uh, the. Uh, you know, before their courts that they were going to mandate their judges to do this. Yeah. You know, I was waiting for the punchline. You know, you read these articles, of course, when you're 
when you're talking about California, we already know that they're whacked out there anyhow, but you still normally look for the punchline. You're saying this absolutely positively can't be true. It can't be happening. And it's the scary thing. It's just people actually believe this. And, and, you know, we're, look, we, we love to accept people uh, in, in, in Florida, you know, which is where I think all three of us are in Florida. Um, Joe, you're in, like in the Trinity area or wherever, but we still consider that Florida. But, uh, but you know, just don't, if you want to come from, you know, California or New York, please just don't vote the, vote the, the way you, you voted in those states that turned them so bad that you wanted to leave and flee and come to, come to places like Florida or Texas. Well, the, the other thing about this article is California was not a slave state. Yeah. And they're and they're trying to push the slavery issue down the, the throats of their citizens there. And no one in California owned slaves. The only slaves that I know that was there was probably the Chinese that came over and did the majority of the work. You know, and Joe is very animated to our listeners yeah. because he moves his hands when he talks and he invariably every show will hit that mute button when he talk when he's getting animated. No, it's, it's on the mute and it, when I touch the computer, it does that. But like I said, California was never a, a slave state, but they're trying to have reparations and all this is about, and we all know it, it's about getting votes. It's catering to the black and the brown community to keep them on their side. They're dangling a carrot in front of them. And that's the only way they can stay in power because their policies, <laughs> their policies make no sense. Well, you know, Andrea, the reparations committee, they've already come out and said that they want to set a standard for the rest of the nation to follow. They wanted to start in California. They're just convinced, you know, kind of like back in the day when LAPD used to be the agency Remember, Joe, that, that everybody wanted to be like, it had to be like, you know, LAPD, they had a new policy change or whatever. Everybody had to follow it throughout the nation and just, and they're, still under the guise that that's the case for the state of California when it couldn't be, you know, further from the truth, but they want to set the standard with this, with these bills and policies and stuff for reparations across America. Andrea. Well, all they're doing is creating division, you know? So, I mean, we had enough division already. They're just creating more division. They're creating animosity. You know, it's not going to be something that a lot of these States, I mean, if you look at it, you know, we don't need any more division. We're the most divided that we've been. And I mean, you know, hundreds of years. I it just, it, it's amazing to me that we want to create that division and that animosity amongst races when we've come so far. I just, uh, I think this stuff like this is very scary. I believe the division started around 2008, 2009, and it has just gotten worse and worse over the years because prior to that, prior to that, we didn't have an issue. We, it seemed like everybody was united after two, after 2011 or 2001, after the, the terrorist attack, the United States, everybody was united. Everybody was for you. And then all of a sudden being American was a bad thing. And, um, and especially if you're, well, I'm not going to say it, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> all right. Well, look, hold that thought. Yeah. Well, moving along, we've only got about 40 some seconds before our first commercial break, but, um, good content, good commentary. Thank you guys. Look, let's go to an update. I'll kind of whet the appetite. Leoaffairs.com. We have a former police lieutenant saying that she never thought her big secret would get out. And they've got some photos, uh, you know, on her with the article. Uh, I find it humorous. I'll tell you why a little bit later. A former police lieutenant in Colorado is speaking out about the sex tape that ruined her career and launched a new one. More of an image about that coming up. And uh, yeah, commercial break. Thank God we'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP has been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years 
with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps. That's import, process, and export. The Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software, that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all the capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. If you've never been there before, you should do it today, motiondsp.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're still broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So uh, I think we left off talking about a former police lieutenant in Colorado um, that uh, she had her career adjusted, let's just say. So a former police lieutenant in Colorado speaking out after the sex tape ruined her career. She launched a new one. Melissa Williams is her name, uh, who was formerly a police lieutenant for a department of Colorado. They don't give the name of the department, surprisingly. Uh, reportedly launched her OnlyFans career during the pandemic. Uh, I'll let Joe Rollerson talk about the pictures that we're looking at of her because I was a little surprised to hear that she was able to find a career doing this stuff outside of police work. But Williams said that she's never shared the private page with anyone that she knew, and it was supposed to be a big secret. So after she was outed by a colleague in an official complaint, she was forced to turn in her badge in 2021. So despite dedicating much of her adult life to a career in law enforcement that she loved, she seemed shocked that she would have to throw it all away because she posted adult content on the internet and she recounted that i'm going to lose my job for some stupid nudies on the internet um the article implies that it was a little bit more than that though so despite the agency receiving a metaphorical black eye due to her behavior she received a thirty thousand dollar severance package when she departed from the agency and since then she's dedicated her her full-time work to only fans particularly when it comes to police fetishes now her thirty thousand dollar severance pales in comparison to nearly thirty thousand a month that she makes at least that's what she's saying and though she's never, or I guess though she's reportedly been embarrassed by media coverage, it hasn't stopped her from going to the tabloids on several occasions to talk about her career. So that's what we have. Um, Joe, I know that you were hoping you were going to let Andrea take the lead with this story because, you know, you know, it's, yeah. It's the elephant in the room, Andrea. You're up. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to take the lead. I'll get you off the hook there, <laughs> Sarge. I think that, um, you know, first of all, we're held to a higher standard. This this makes me laugh that I didn't I didn't let anybody know. Nobody knew that I knew that I was on OnlyFans. Like, really? <laughs> first of all, you're talking about cops. Like, we figure stuff out. It's just one of those things that we do. We're pretty good at investigation if you're good at your job, um, which I think is it's very funny. And she probably she must have some friends that actually go on um, OnlyFans, whatever it's called. I don't even know. But, but apparently this has really been, you know, good for her. And now she has a whole new career. And if she's making $30,000, good, good for her. That's great. Wonderful. She's got a new new job. She doesn't belong in law enforcement. As far as I'm concerned, there's some things that you keep private. You got to, you have to um, definitely, like I said, hold yourself to a higher standard. And I don't think that that's what she was doing, especially as a lieutenant. You have a lot of people looking up to you. Um, you should be a role model for these other officers. And apparently that's not what she was really trying to do. So I think that there's something that comes in with integrity here. And I just, I think that, you know, they made the right decision. I'm not, I'm not understanding the $30,000 severance. I think that that's kind of, you know, a joke, but 
I don't, I'm sure there's reasons for that legality. I'm sure. Well, you know, and thanks, Andrea. Joe, I'm thinking that we should just, as a show, we should consider starting like a uh, a funding page and and maybe raise money for a makeover is what I'm thinking. I, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the only thing I was, I, you know, I saw her picture in uniform. <clears throat> then I saw her <laughs> out of the uniform. Did I have get, to I say, I have to say the uniform... Go. The uniform did nothing for her, okay? And uh, but uh, for her to the severance pay, as Andrea was talking about, that was probably you know like at TPD where we worked out, you get uh, you get your sick pay paid to you, or maybe your vacation time that you build up, they have to pay that to you. So that was probably what that was. I doubt they just bought her out, said, "Hey, here's a bunch of money." That's probably time that she had earned uh, at the department, but. Uh, uh, she did have a big secret. I do have to say that. And uh, she's making a lot of money off that big secret right now. And, uh, but like Andrea said, and I agree, I, um, if she'd have been a Sergeant, she could have probably got away with it being a Lieutenant. She could. Yeah. Well, you know, we know in law enforcement that we're held to a higher standard. I mean, some Absolutely. guys complain about, I can't post this on Facebook. I can't post this on, you know, YouTube or whatever, but, you know, I, I, I'm okay. look, we know when we get into the game that there's going to be a higher standard for us. And we, and we get that at least the people that are smart enough should, should understand that you get into the game, you know, it, it's going to go with the territory, right? It's a higher standard for law enforcement. And frankly, I think that everybody on the show agrees with that and thinks that that should be the case. Um, so I don't have any sympathy. I don't know that I believe that she's getting um, that much money from what she's doing. I mean, God bless her if she is, but, uh, but I, I would be, Look, if they wouldn't have submitted the pictures, I might have believed it. But they put pictures with the article. I am I have a hard time believing she is capable of thirty thousand dollars a month doing anything, you know. But that's just that's just me. We will have these pictures up on our you know our live show. We post uh, producer Will will put this up on social media and at Rumble uh, .com on our Leo Round uh, table page uh, tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning. So yeah, we're always delayed. Live show will reappear produced version with embedded videos and pictures and stuff. So you will see these pictures, uh, tomorrow at nine o'clock at rumble and our other social media outlets. So, um, go ahead guys. I'll let you guys wrap this up. I know you're fighting again to talk about this. I was, I was just going to say, you know, she possibly could be making that amount of money. I'm sure that this is bringing about other publicity. I think that the big thing is there's somebody for everybody. I personally don't understand it. I don't get it. She wanted to make sure that she let everybody know that she was making a decent chunk of change and that we could all do it. So I guess that's inspiration for everybody, anybody that wants to go out there and do this. More power to you. I don't get it. I think she's stretching the truth. But if she's making $30,000 a month, that's more than I know I'm bringing in. So more power to her. Well, what I liked about it, she said anybody could do it. So Chip, there's still hope for you, brother. Oh, that, you know, I, I never looked at it from that angle. Yeah. I was here thinking, oh, Jimmy, now, don't, Jimmy, don't encourage, don't encourage Joe because he's just going to say more crap like that. You know, I thought that you were going to go with, hey, you know, we should have a little, you know, OnlyFans con competition between her and Andrea and prove the fa prove oh, her no, point about no, Andrea no, bringing no, in no. more money. No, um, no, no, no. The other thing I, I, I looked at, I mean, in the article, apparently that her husband knew about this. That's what I was going to say. And I'm thinking oh. there's there's a problem. There's got to be a problem here in this marriage. And and there's something else going on if the husband knew about it, because if my wife was out there sporting everything she had, we'd have an issue. Yeah. It's all very you know, telling, very telling. You know, right. maybe they just got California, Colorado mixed up in the article. I don't know. But look, uh, commercial break. Colorado. we'll be right back. <laughs> all right. 
look, we are here to talk about Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. And certainly by now you guys know who Gauls is, the country's leading uniform clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings. I mean, everything from flashlights and duty belts and tactical gear and, uh, and, uh, what multi-tools. I mean, they have pretty much everything from law enforcement, as Captain Brett Bartlett likes to say, except for guns and ammo. So if you guys haven't checked out Gauls and the new Gauls, uh, go to the Gauls.com slash Leo and check them out today. You know, uh, they've uh, everything they do is all online now. They used to have these big, thick catalogs. I'm sure that uh, Sergeant Joe remembers getting those, and they would send out all their gear. Well, they can't even fit it in a catalog anymore, so they are online now, and it is huge. So Gauls.com slash Leo and uh, we're giving away Gauls gift cards, you know, every week. So be watching for those. You know, we're going to be doing two more gift cards, one in the phone call and one of the live stream. So be watching for those as well. So Gauls.com slash Leo. Now, look, Global Ordnance, our newest sponsor. Get ready for a coupon code from Global Ordnance, your ultimate destination for ammo. So GlobalOrdnance.com provides high-quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs, ensuring precision, reliability, and unmatched performance. So for a limited time, they're offering free shipping on all ammo orders that are over $200 with their exclusive coupon code, which is Leo Roundtable. So visit GlobalOrdnance.com today. Explore the wide selection of ammo and use coupon code Leo Roundtable for free shipping on your order. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys. And welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So if we finally exhausted the last topic, and yes, we've spent uh, half an hour talking about those two issues. I can't believe the last one got as much time as it did. But moving along, leoaffairs.com. Uh, we've got a lawyer uh, or lawyers. They criticize a police shooting of a teenager who reached for a pistol. That's right. Lawyers criticize police shooting of a teenager who reached for a pistol. So look on the face, according to this headline, you're scratching your head thinking, you know, what the world is up with these lawyers, right? Well, the story gets better, but not necessarily for the reason why you think. So we're in Newark. So uh, serve G Fernandez's gut turn as the police body camera footage unfolded. Now, Fernandez, this is one of the attorneys, by the way, if you haven't figured it out, founder of the Bay Area Police Accountability nonprofit, Together We Stand. He watched as officers confronted a 19-year-old Newark resident, Elmer Lopez Castaneda. Remember, I said bad guys have three names, right? During a traffic stop here on a stolen car this spring. So our bad guy, this teenager, and look, he's 19 years old, so he's an adult. They like to say teenager to kind of like inflame the, you know, the story, but he's a 19-year-old adult male. He's a car thief driving a stolen car. So the footage shows officers opening fire on the teenager after police say that he ignored officers' commands and grabbed from his waistband what they thought was a firearm, but it actually was a replica airsoft pistol. I'll let our panelists describe the difference and if there should be a, a difference in treatment. So to Fernandez, 
our attorney. The footage was released in May by the Fremont Police Department. It does not clearly show whether Lopez uh, Castaneda grabbed the airsoft gun. And here's a quote from the attorney saying, what is clear is it was not aimed at anybody at the time they riddled him with bullets. And Fernandez noted that the bad guy's back was turned toward the officers at the time he was shot. And he said, and, and, uh, well, actually, I guess it's a female attorney. She said they murdered him unnecessarily and goes on to say that uh, Fernandez, whose organization was founded uh, by after the 2014 police shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, uh, she advocates for the victims of police brutality and racism, uh, joined civil rights attorneys who are questioning the actions of officers in the April 13th shooting of Lopez Castaneda, who police have described as a carjacking suspect in a case where a car had been stolen at night point earlier in the year. So attorney James Cook, an attorney for the high-profile law offices of John L. Burris in Oakland, and attorney Mark Marin of Sacramento, California, based attorney, who regularly handled cases of alleged police mis misconduct, they reviewed the publicly released body cam footage of the incident last month at a Bay Area news group's request. So they say that our bad guy, Lopez Castaneda, was uh, met with possibly confusing commands by officers. He did not pose an immediate threat before he was gunned down by police, right? Now here's a quote saying, one of the things that I would say if I was suing them, so they're kind of like setting the stage for a lawsuit, right? But they're saying one of the things I would say is, hey, uh, they all started screaming commands at the same time. He's getting mixed messages. The guy just didn't have a chance. So Marin called the shooting indefensible uh, because Lopez Castaneda did not point a weapon, deadly or not, toward officers or anyone else. It's a bad shoot. He adds that the law says unless he's threatening an officer with grievous bodily injury or someone else, they don't have a right to use lethal force. And actually, that's not exactly what the law says. But that's what we have. Um, commentary, guys. Joe, start us off, Sergeant. Um, I read the article. I actually I saw the video, and, and I believe he was a carjacker. Uh, he had uh, carjacked somebody at knife point, and you can yep. see the, the victims fleeing from the car when he pulled a knife on them. And then the police found the car later where he was in a parking lot. I think it was an apartment complex, and he had a uh, he had a, an accomplice with him in the car. And uh, they I watched the video, and I don't know what these attorneys are looking at or trying to describe as confusing commands. The, the only thing I saw is a guy was told to get out of the car, keep his hands up. And when he got out of the car, doesn't matter if it's a if it's a pellet gun or if it's a play gun. If it appears to be a weapon as law enforcement officers, you're not going to sit there and try to look to see, well, is that a pellet gun or is it a nine millimeter? If you feel threatened, you use deadly force. You want to go home. That's all you're trying to do is, is neutralize the situation, not get killed. Um, but. How stupid can you be when you got, I don't know, three or four cops around you pointing weapons at you, telling you to keep your hands up, and he re clearly reaches down into his waistband, pulls the gun out. I guess the cop's supposed to now wait till he points the gun at him and pulls the trigger before they shoot him. No, they, they neutralized it really quick. The gun fell from his hand, and they took appropriate action. And what I really like is the passenger... Um, they didn't have a problem with him after that. He got out of the car and he complied completely. He was like, hey, man, I see what the problem, you know. And uh, uh, but, yeah, it was a very good shooting. It's unfortunate the kid got killed. But uh, and he's not really a kid. He's an adult. He's and I guarantee you this wasn't his first time uh, jacking people and stealing cars. And that's what happens when you when you're a bad guy. You're going to end up in uh, either jail or the graveyard. 
Yeah. You know, Andrea, we just covered a story to where a female cop was chasing a bad guy. He had his back to her. He's running away and he points a gun over his shoulder and he shoot, he hit her. I think it, it hit her in the ear, grazed her ear. And, uh, and then they went lethal on him. But I mean, just the, the sheer stupidity and the justification from the attorneys. And of course, Joe just explained that if he perceives that he didn't say there had to be a threat because obviously if it's a fake gun, there may not technically be a threat. But if you if Joe perceived a threat, which is of course is opposite what the attorney said. But Andrea, take it take it away. Well, and Dave's what if Dave was here, Dave would say you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. You know, unfortunately, this is one of those your hands went towards your waistband. You know, and they the attorneys they like to throw out the fact that it took three seconds from the time that they yelled gun to the time that the first shot was fired. How about how quickly they, you know, it would take for that guy to point the gun at one of them. And I saw the gun. There's no way we have a split second to make a decision. You know, it looks like a real gun. You have that in the waistband. It looks like a firearm that would, that you could use deadly force on me. So therefore that's a deadly force situation all day long. These attorneys are incorrect. If you look at the article, I mean, the title of the article, the title, it's right in the title. And that's why I was just sitting there. I'm like, I'm amazed that they're even questioning this. The title of the article flat out says, lawyers criticize police shooting of a teen who reaches for a pistol. What's okay. That's, I mean, that right there in and of itself is a problem. You reach for a pistol. You have officers giving you commands. What are you thinking? I don't care if you're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 50. You know, that's one of those things. You know, at that age, you do not reach for a waistband, for a pistol, for anything. And again, circumstances were it was an armed carjacking. There was a, there was a, I'm guessing it was, I don't know if that child was a juvenile in the car, but the guy called in and said, my son is in the car. He just got ordered my son out of the car. You know, I'm sorry, but you know, you, he, unfortunately, this was one of those situations. He made a very poor choice to reach for that firearm. And thanks, Andrea. And, and let's go ahead and point out for our listeners, because some people might be saying, well, look, it was like an airsoft gun. It was a replica. It wasn't a real gun. And here's, here's why the people with that thing, and here's why you're wrong. I don't put you in the, in the same level with the, with the attorneys that are quoted in the article because they're just, they're just absolutely stupid. But a, it, is a, it is a gun. It's a real gun. Let me tell you, if, this, if they would have known for a fact that it was a BB gun or a pellet gun, uh, it still would have been a justified shoot. And I'll tell you, you get Brett Bartlett on here, Captain Bartlett would have told you he would have put, he would have turned this guy in the Swiss cheese because, you know, you don't have to be in fear of, of death. You know, when you're using deadly force, you only have to be in fear of serious bodily injury or death. And it doesn't have to just be the you, it can be the someone else. And it only has to be what a reasonable officer would believe was the case in the same situation. So a BB gun, you know, shoot me, put my eye out, hit me in the temple, kill me, whatever, you know, it, so it doesn't really matter whether it was a gun that's going to fire with gunpowder or with a air CO2 cartridge or with a pump up air or whatever. Um, you know, that's really not a valid argument, but they like the muddy the waters, especially, um, you know, some of these attorneys that are just looking for a payday. I'm very, not very impressed with these attorneys. Joe. Well, that's what I was going to say. This is all about, it, it always is. It's always about money. These attorneys could care less one way or another if this kid probably got killed or not. It, this is a payday for them and they're going to make it uh, look like it's a bad shooting so they can sue the cities and the officers. Um, but uh, like you said, the, the weapon does not have to be a firearm. It can be a pistol because if it's, if it, I mean, a, like a, a pellet gun, let me, let me put it this way. Let the attorney stand there 
if they don't think it's it can hurt them and the cops didn't have justification to shoot the kid, let them stand there and let him shoot them with the pellet gun and see how much they like it or if they would be in fear of great bodily harm. Because like you said, Chip, you got shot in the eye or the face or the head, um, you're, you're down. You're, you're absolutely out, out of the game at that point. He got what he deserved. He, he should have kept his hands up. They saw the gun. They were yelling, gun, gun. And uh, he knew they saw the gun, and but he was still stupid and, uh, and did something really <laughs> dumb. And, you know, we've got uh, – this is Butter uh, just said that uh, – I guess this is Butter has got the, uh, the Fremont Police uh, carjacking video up. So that's, the link is on the screen. And, look, you know, our listeners are paying attention and watching the show. I know Sergeant George uh, Ishak is on here uh, talking about – and I – after I said it, I looked, he's talking about the airsoft or not. You aim it at police officers or anybody, you're bound to get your lethal just desserts. You know, and he's absolutely right. He's completely justified. So even our users uh, are, are getting it because they're watching the show and they're learning, uh, you know, not just our perception of it, but the, but legally the justification because this is justified all day all day long in a, in a court of law. So look, our time for our last commercial break, guys, but we will be right back. All right, hey, it's time to talk about GunLearn at GunLearn.com. And no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you do, there's always that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can also get free training for yourself and all the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. That's gunlearn.com. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So uh, moving on to a new topic. Yes, we're at rumble.com and our favorite law enforcement video channel. It's the best one out there. This is Butter. So SAPD body cam shows a suspect firing off his weapon is fatally shot when one bullet uh, with one bullet from an officer. Don't reach for anything. Don't you do it. So SAPD, we're talking about San Antonio Police Department, yes, in Texas. And look, for our radio and podcast listeners, we're describing great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So the San Antonio Police Department, they released officer body cam footage. Yeah. 
from two separate police shootings in uh, in March, but one of them turned out to be a deadly one. So the fatal incident, which is the one we're talking about, it unfolded in the afternoon of March the 28th on the east side. Officers respond to the area after reports of a shooting at a nearby car wash. So uh, the uh, and, and Joe, we were just talking about the car washes earlier, right? So they're dangerous places, right? I think you met your wife there too. But look, the newly released video shows a responding officer located the suspect, 34-year-old uh, Paul Palafox. He's down the street at a residential area. The officer's outside his patrol car for less than a minute before rifle shots allegedly fired by our bad guy, Palafox, can be heard sending the officer scrambling for cover. That's definitely, you can definitely see this going on in the video. I hate to laugh, but it's, it's it, yeah, they're scrambling. And, and the cop, before it happens, you can hear the cop saying, don't, 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 let me see your hands. And then you hear the gunfire start, and, and the cop is just bamboozing out of there. Quick, you know, he wants to get out, get get away quicker than his legs will let him. An SAPD spokesperson narrating the footage said that Palafox, our bad guy, fired more than two dozen rounds, allegedly firing additional shots later as more officers arrived. Now, they used drone footage, which is kind of cool. So drone footage, it shows a man with a rifle pacing around outside the home using two vehicles as cover. So body camera footage shows... Uh, from a by a different officer at the scene, it shows him the officer fired a single round at our bad guy Palafox. Twelve minutes after Palafox initially fired at law enforcement, and look, our uh, police sniper does the justice, hits him. Authorities say he uh, subsequently went to the hospital. It didn't matter though; he died March the thirty first. So justice served, and no no good guys injured. Uh, commentary in the video, guys. Anybody? It's uh, pretty hectic. Uh, go ahead, Officer Andrea Casal. Well, you know, it's it, watching the video is kind of it was crazy because they were all kind of standing behind their cars. You know, they all had cover, and all of a sudden that went south real fast, and they ran for cover. I was actually watching it with a family member, and they were like, "Why are they? Where are they going?" I'm like, "Well, that building looks a lot nicer right now than those vehicles." But the funny thing was, is um, I really felt badly. It's actually not funny at all. But that last officer, I was like, he was almost the sacrificial lamb. That's why you have to be in shape. That's why you need to make sure that you can meet certain standards. I was like, he's not going to make it like that poor guy. You know, you can see he's kind of the lone straggler. He kind of comes in at the very end. But man, that one shot, that was amazing by, by the sniper. That was that was a perfect shot. It was beautiful. I was like, that was awesome. And I love that. And I like the drone footage. I thought that that was really cool. I think that uh, all the listeners will like to see that if you go back and watch that video. Thanks, Andrea. And, you, you know, uh, Andrea, I think that your know, female officer from Colorado, I think that that one that got the lieutenant, I think that she gets more exercise filming for her only fans page than what that one guy you're referencing actually gets. Well, the funny thing was, is that's probably where some of that $30,000 a month was probably coming from, which I was somewhat ah. alluding to that earlier, but I'm just going to leave that alone more again, more power to her, whatever, teach his own. Wow. wow. She's getting a lot of airtime on this show. Wow. Who would have, who would have thunk Joe? I don't know, man. Uh, watching the video, uh, seeing the, you know, the cop pull up and he starts telling the guy, put your hands up, put your hand. This guy's got a rifle, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, he's got a rifle. I mean, why, why are you telling him to put his hands up? I mean, screen, you know, put the frick, you know, uh, you know, the, the gun down, uh, or I'm popping you. And, um, but, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't really show the guy, the bad guy. It showed, um, it showed him just running, <laughs> which which that was a great, great idea to do when the guy's got a rifle and you got a pistol. But, uh, yeah, it was an awesome shot by the sniper. It, it neutralized the guy, and uh, obviously he had a death wish, shooting 20-something times at the cops. He was going to – it wasn't going to end well for him that day.
I kind of wondered initially why he pulled up so close, but then I think later in the article, they kind of said he was walking in between like the building or like the, I think a building and maybe the house. I'm not really sure. But I was like, why would you drive right up on them? I mean, they already knew that there was a shooting. You know, it was one of those where I'm like, hold on, time out. But I, I, that's the only thing that I can sit there and say is that I don't know why you, you drove right up on that house. You definitely should have, you know, parked down the way a little bit and, you know, surrounded the house. I think that maybe they just came up on them. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's always easy. And I know people talk about Monday morning quarterback. And I agree. Look, it's easy to second guess and talk about stories when we have the benefit of all the video. Um, all I can say, you know, it, it, it always bothers me seeing cop, watching cops leave good cover uh, to get to other cover because there's a gap in distance where you are exposing yourself. Um, yeah, you, it may, you know, these guys aren't doing serpentines and that kind of stuff either. Not that it would really matter, but you know, when you've got an open area and you got a guy with a rifle that can pick you up, if he knows what he's doing, um, you're behind a car, an engine block, a wheel well, um, you know, you're leaving good cover to get to arguably better cover, but you know, you're taking a heck of a risk and exposure to get there. I don't know, but, but you know, I wasn't there. Um, and so, um, um, you know, I'm just pointing that out when we, when we see guys, we just see, we see way too many, we've seen cops leave cover of police cars and go out into open fields running from a guy that's shooting at them, which makes absolutely no, right. It makes no sense, but we see it. I won't say we see it every day because we cover, you know, we've, we've covered thousands of these. We cover these every day. So, um, so yeah, but it's, it's just noteworthy, uh, when, when we see these, well, look, we got three minutes and, uh, Look, there's no shortage of stuff for us to cover. So let's see what we've got waiting in the wings here. Um, oh, yes. We're going to have to go back to Britain. Because remember, we had all these uh, Britain uh, girls. Were they, were they? I guess they were cops that were doing the wild thing on duty. Well, you know, nurses are never far behind. So, yeah, lawofficer.com, nurse fired after an affair with a patient who died during sex in a hospital parking lot. Oh, you can't make this up. Jimmy's, yeah, Jimmy's clapping. He, he's proud of her. So British nurse are proud of the guy, the way he went out, I think. So a British nurse lost her job. At, why did they fire her, Jimmy? But she lost her job after the hospital learned that she had maintained an affair with a patient for over a year, ending when the man died during a sexual romp with her in the hospital's parking lot in uh, Wrexham, Wales. So Fox News reported that the man who was not identified, for, probably for the benefit of the surviving family, uh, they wanted people to show up for the funeral, uh, was receiving dialysis treatment, died of a heart attack during a late night meeting in January. So Penelope Williams is the nurse's name, 42 years old, according to the article, uh, failed to call for an ambulance after the patient collapsed in the back of the car. I will say allegedly in order to keep the attorneys happy. Uh, the patient met Williams as she was reportedly involved in, uh, involving him in treatment medically uh when emergency personnel eventually arrived they found the man uh, partially naked and he's unresponsive so williams had called a colleague instead of uh emergency personnel the colleague ended up calling the ambulance that found the guy dead at the scene and also you know partially naked uh after initially telling officials that she was meeting the man to help him with his uh, health condition she later admitted that they had an ongoing relationship and that she met up with him that night for a sexual encounter her admission resulted in her termination from her job Hey, I heard there's an OnlyFans op opening, and hey, our Colorado lieutenant, could you imagine her working with the nurse on a channel together? And ju I'm, I'm just thinking, we have a minute and a half, guys. Dive into it. Any, any, any nurse? Come on, Joe. You're, yeah. You've been. I, I've known you when you were going to St. Joe's and TGH and living there. But Andrea, start us off. <laughs> poor, poor Sarge. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say, if my math is correct, correct, that would be about sixty thousand dollars a month. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that'll work out well for him. I mean. Again, I don't understand. I think that this, 
this this nurse needed to make better decisions apparently wow um i married a nurse and oh that's man, right she is yeah. a nurse yeah oh i rest yeah. my case then yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> yeah but uh none of that ever happened in a parking lot i'll tell you that uh, um, but come uh, on joe it's look i'll tell you what i'll cancel the live feed right now we can talk off camera <laughs> we're off camera joe uh, go ahead <laughs> i um i think she got fired probably because she didn't get immediate medical attention for this guy. Uh, and, uh, well, Hey, she, there's nothing wrong with having an affair with your, with your patients, I guess. And she was not really in the hospital. She was out in a private car. So, I think I, she I was think treating she, his blood pressure. Actually. I think she actually, was. There you go. <laughs> yeah, wow. she, I know he was getting dialysis, but I wonder what else he was getting. <laughs> wow. Andrea oh, opened no. that door. That was pretty good. Wow. What a way to end the nurses at when I was young. <laughs> oh. Hey, yeah, yeah. You just married them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, great show, guys. And we're keeping producer Jimmy entertained over here. Uh, and uh, and for people wondering, I did talk to producer uh Will uh this morning, and uh he is uh, you know, he, he's been on his honeymoon, he's like really worn out, but he is a survivor, so I expect him to be back, you know. He soon. married a nurse, right? Yeah. Gosh, how do you know? I mean, yeah. So, uh, look, I just want to mention uh, the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org, Lieutenant Randy Sutton's uh, you know, 501c3 that's helping cops out in a world of hurt, suffering from PTSD and other medical issues that maybe their agency's not covering or maybe they don't have the opportunity for a disability retirement out. So the Wounded Blue at the WoundedBlue.org, a great organization to consider supporting. They will not embarrass you. I shout out the Motion DSP, GallsGunler.com, GlobalOrdinance.com. I'm Medicare.Live, Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Ray Dieter, Ray Voice Media. Thanks for the support and the love. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week, guys. Thank you.